Hey friend, welcome to The Ashley O Show. I'm your host, Ashley O'Connor. I'm a registered nurse turned health coach, and I am on a mission to keep people out of the hospital and into healthier lives than they ever thought possible. How? By getting back to the basics, prioritizing mental health, ditching diet culture, and repairing our relationships with food, fitness, and our bodies. Expect unfiltered, unapologetic, and unsugarcoated conversations about building lives, careers, bodies, and minds that are stronger than we could have imagined. The truth is, I don't have it all figured out, but I plan on spending my life searching for answers to the most important questions. This podcast is all about bringing you along for that ride. Now let's go chase some uncertainty. What is up, guys? Welcome back to the podcast. I have a quick little reminder for you today. Now, I know I always say a quick reminder and it ends up being like 30 minutes, but I truly intend this to be a quick episode for you to take on your way so that you can go into this week replenishing your stores rather than constantly just pouring out. So what we're talking about today is how to build yourself up when you're pouring out a lot. And this is because I just know that so many of you listening are in a helping profession or in a helping role in some way, shape or form. So many of you listening are nurses, but also so many of you are teachers, you are parents, you are a caregiver, like you are pouring out so much to the world that sometimes it can feel like you have a completely empty cup. And that's what we don't want. Because when you are depleted, that's when other people suffer. But when your cup is full, when you have a lot to give, that's when the entire world around you benefits. That's why we need to make sure that we are always helping the helpers. And that's why you as an individual, as a helper, needs to make sure that you have things in place that help you build yourself up so that you actually have something to give to others. So keeping your cup as full as possible simply comes down to three things. One is that you stop pouring out so much. Two is that you eliminate things poking holes in your cup. And then three, you fill your cup back up. We are using the cup metaphor because it is the easiest to visualize. But if we think of ourselves as a cup, if we are able to constantly fill our cup up, that's when that cup can overflow and we have a lot more to be able to give to others. That's when our love, our energy, our caring and our compassion can overflow into the people around us. It's when we have a completely empty cup or when our cup is constantly being drained or when we're constantly pouring out more and more from a half empty cup that we are left depleted, suffering and having no energy or compassion left for people we care about. Especially for my nurses, this is where we get things like compassion fatigue and burnout is when we are constantly working with very little for ourselves, and we're still trying to give a lot to the world. We need to make sure that you are taken care of before you take care of others. And I know that feels backwards, especially based on the narrative that a lot of us have been taught, especially in any sort of helping role. We are always taught that we're supposed to take care of others, be selfless. But I truly want you to work on being a lot more selfish, because you are going to be a better person for others if you do so. So the first thing that we can do to try and keep our cup as full as possible is to decrease the amount that we are pouring out. So of course, there's going to be responsibilities and pieces of our energy that we have to give to others, right? If we are parents, certain aspects of our jobs, there's going to be things that we can't always control. But we can be a little bit more conscious about how much we are giving the world. There are things that we can do to safeguard the water in our cup as much as possible. So one aspect is working on saying no more. None of us want to hear it. 
because saying no doesn't always feel good. It feels like a boundary that can feel uncomfortable. People may push back against that boundary. People might not be used to you saying no, so that can be a shock for them. But truly, the ability to say no and have that be a complete sentence is a skill that we all need to practice. It's not something that we can afford to ignore. All of us can work on setting better boundaries and also just being a little bit more considerate of what we need and our own schedule and energy levels. So this isn't necessarily that every time somebody asks you for help, you say, absolutely not. No, I'm protecting my peace. It's simply that sometimes we are really good at saying yes to everyone around us. And what we end up doing is overbooking or overstretching ourselves. So I'm talking about those situations where you take on extra at work, where you're also picking up PTA and you're doing baking for the school bake sale and you have to take the kids to work and you're taking care of the house and you're helping your kid with their school project. Like I, there's a billion things that can be added to our plate. And if we continue to always say yes to everyone that comes up to us because we are such amazing people, we will become overbooked. So this is where I'm talking about it's a good skill for you to learn how to say no, for you to learn to protect your own schedule so that there's time in there for you to take care of yourself. Because if you keep saying yes to everyone else, you are actively saying no to yourself. And this rolls right into my next point. And this is especially for those of you who are working in a caregiving role or in something like healthcare or teaching. Don't take extra shifts or extra work if you can help it. Now, there are going to be times, again, there's always exceptions to these rules. There are going to be times where maybe you're saving up for a vacation you really want to go on, or you're saving extra money because you're doing a kitchen renovation. There's a motivation that you have to work extra. That's a different story. But some of us are consistently saying yes at work, even when it's sucking the life out of us. And all of that's doing is draining you until eventually you're going to get to the point where you actually have nothing to give to work. This is, again, where we can run into compassion fatigue and burnout. This is when we quit our jobs, where we get injured. And I know that that's not what you want. You care about what you do. And in order for you to be able to do it for the long term, it means that you need to be able to set boundaries at work. It means that sometimes you got to say no. You are not letting down your whole team. It is not your job to staff a unit. It's not your job to carry everyone. But it very much is your job to take care of yourself. And so that's why if you can, that's one of the pieces pouring out of your cup, right? Is when every time you go to work, every time you're taking care of somebody else, we are draining from that cup. So if we can help it, we can decrease the amount that we are doing so. So if you're feeling drained, if you feel like you need to fill your cup back up, now's not the time to be picking up extra shifts or extra work if you can help it. And the last piece to help you stop pouring out so much is that you work on delegation and asking for help. And I know, again, as helpers, asking for help is not the easiest thing to do. We are not usually super skilled in doing that because we're used to taking care of everyone else around us. We are we take pride in our ability to do so. But sometimes the helpers need help too. And if you work on these skills, delegating and asking for help, you're actually able to do far more than you can right now when you're trying to do it all on your own. As an added bonus too, I want you to know that everyone around you, the people who watch you take care of the world, want to help you. 
So every time you say that you don't need help, every time you try and do everything on your own, you're actually robbing them of the opportunity to help someone that they admire a lot. I guarantee that that's true. There are people out there who want to help you because they see how hard you work and how much you care and they want to be a part of that. They want to help you do that even more. And when you stop trying to do it all on your own, you actually can help people a whole lot more. The second piece that we're going to talk about is eliminating things that are poking holes in your cup. Now, this is going to be different for all of us. So I'm going to give you some examples that I want you to start considering in your life. So there's a difference between pouring out of our cup actively. So things like for our job or for our kids and things that poke holes in our cup and drain our energy. So one area where this happens for a lot of us is being around people that drain us. And usually for each of us, there are specific people in our lives that we know do this to us that leave us feeling more drained than energized every single time we leave them. These are the people that you're that surround you that maybe complain all the time. They're never happy. They're negative. Something that just sucks the energy out of you. Unfortunately, there are people that do this to each of us. And that doesn't mean that they aren't someone who energizes somebody else. Like they may be the perfect person to lift somebody else up, but for you, they are just an energy drain. I want you to think about who those people are for you and do it without judgment. So this could also be some members of your family that can leave you feeling exhausted and drained. It can be a friend who you care about deeply, but when you spend enough time with them, you just feel like less after you leave them. You just feel more negative. You find yourself complaining more often. You find yourself feeling envious and jealous of others because you've spent the entire night gossiping. Identify who these people are for you and see if you can work on setting a boundary with them so that you can actively work on how much time you are spending with this person. Because think about it like they are poking a hole in your cup, and the longer you spend, the more holes there are and the more that it's draining you. This can also be like a coworker at work that really rubs you the wrong way or complains the entire shift and makes your entire shift miserable. And if that's the case, we can set a boundary by simply being more intentional with how we schedule ourselves and try and actively schedule, schedule ourselves on different shifts from that person. Another common aspect are foods that drain you. And this one takes a little bit more effort and activity. So if you are constantly feeling drained, I want you to take stock of what you are eating day in, day out. Keep a little food journal. I'm not saying you need to track calories or count macros or anything intense. It's simply that you keep a log of what you're eating for maybe a week. Try not to change anything. Just write it down and start to notice patterns that exist in those lists. So maybe you'll see like for breakfast, whenever I have only carbs, carbs for breakfast or when I skip breakfast, I feel exhausted the entire day. But when I have a breakfast that has some protein in it, I actually do a lot better and I feel more energized. Or every time I eat a heavy bowl of pasta with dairy and cheese on it, I get a stomach ache and it makes me feel like crap. There may be veggies or fruits that actually trigger you. Like all I want you to do is start to notice patterns in your own energy and the foods that you are eating. Because for a lot of us, there are actually foods that we eat that make us feel more drained. And it doesn't mean that those foods are bad. It doesn't mean that we can't eat those foods ever again. But we do need to identify these things so that we can actively make a choice about whether it's worth having that food because maybe we're low energy that day and we don't have a lot to spare. So maybe now is not the time to be eating a food that's going to drain us more. 
Maybe when we are high on life at a summer barbecue with our family and we feel incredible and have all the energy in the world, then it's the time where you're like, I absolutely am going to eat that food that drains my energy a little because I've got plenty to spare. So people and foods are two big ones. I want you to also consider movement that drains you. And this may sound counterintuitive, but there are movements, patterns and movement styles and schedules that can be draining for us, even if we think that they're helping us. So some of us try and follow trends within the fitness industry without necessarily realizing that that movement pattern may not fit our lifestyles, our hormones, where our body's at at that moment. So I thought of this because there are so many women I work with, especially when we start working together, that are actively doing five or six days of high intensity interval training every single week. And it's because all of their friends do it and they just go to the classes with them. But these workouts are actually leaving them feeling exhausted throughout the day. We all know that for many of us or what we've heard from others, right, is that they exercise and it makes them feel energized. And that really should be the case. Yes, sometimes you're going to have an extra hard workout and it's going to leave you feeling exhausted, but you shouldn't feel exhausted after every single workout that you do. That tells me something and that should tell you something about what it's doing to your energy and to your body. This definitely came up for me and it was a seasonal occasion where I actually feel like I can do these workouts now without an issue, but in a season of my life where I was getting burnt out from from movement, especially after I did 75 hard, I was burnt out and I continued to try and do these really high intensity exercises in a class setting and I would feel dead after these. And in the past, that feeling really... I loved, like I loved feeling exhausted and dead after these workouts because I just felt so fulfilled. But in this season, feeling that way after each workout left me feeling horrible and feeling like I had nothing left to give the rest of my day. No energy left. I find myself falling asleep in the middle of the afternoon. So in that season, I had to identify that this was a trigger for me, something that was draining my energy and had to shift my schedule a little bit. It didn't mean that I couldn't do workouts that I loved anymore. It meant that maybe I tried to pull in more variety of movement. So maybe I did a couple classes a week and then supplemented with yoga and stretching or Pilates or things that were helping me feel a little bit more full and leaving me a little bit less drained. The other things that can poke holes in your cup are things like giant to-do lists that we create for ourselves so that we never feel like we actually have a day off. Things like hustle culture, feeling like we constantly have to be working or moving, especially if we're doing something like working a full-time job and building a side business. That's where this really seeps in, where we feel like we have to always be working because we're trying to do both. I want you to reconsider that if you are feeling drained. And then the last big one is numbing behaviors. And these are things like Netflix binges, food binges, alcohol, shopping sprees. Those sorts of behaviors are simply things that we use to numb ourselves when we are feeling overwhelmed or drained or depressed or some emotion that we don't want to deal with. And while in the moment that we do these things, we get a quick dopamine hit, and that's what keeps us doing them, in the long run, they make us feel exhausted and drained. They take away our energy because the consequences of these choices is far worse than the quick dopamine hit that happens in the moment. But it's hard not to do it because we know that it's going to feel good right now, even if it's going to feel terrible a little while down the road. So all I want you to do is work on identifying things that are poking holes in your cup and work on decreasing those things so that we can have fewer holes in our cup 
so that it's not draining more quickly. So just to recap, the two things that we've talked about so far, stop pouring out so much from your cup and then decrease the things poking holes in your cup so that we can keep the water in there as much as possible. And then the final aspect is working on filling your cup back up more often. So this is adding water to your cup. And truly, this is a lot of this is just the opposite of the things that are poking holes in your cup. So I want you to start actively identifying things that replenish you. So movements that make you feel good, foods that energize and nourish you, people that energize and nourish you. So the opposite of the things poking holes in your cup. And then on top of that, rest and sleep are humongous and we are not doing it enough. So with rest, I'm talking about balancing the movement routine that you are choosing to have with days that you are intentionally resting. So I'm talking about days where you aren't working out at all, or maybe you're doing a little bit of light movement or stretching or something that leaves you feeling replenished and relaxed. That rest is just as important as the movement that you choose to do. And then especially for my helpers that are pouring a lot out, you need to make sure that you're getting enough sleep. And this isn't always an easy thing. If you are struggling with things like insomnia or just low sleep quality, there are so many factors that go into that. But I want you to at least start to work on this for yourself. I want you to work on getting somewhere between six to eight hours of sleep every single night. That's honestly probably the number one way for you to fill your cup back up the most efficiently. And then outside of that, I want you to dedicate time for yourself in your schedule to replenish, to make yourself feel good, to pour water back in that cup. We need to make sure that there's time for you in a schedule where you are helping the world. Because I know that it's in your nature to want to give everything you have to others. But again, if you keep doing this, you're going to have nothing left. So we need to actively put things in your calendar, in your schedule that are only for you. So make time for hobbies and activities that you care about during the day, even if the people in your life don't actually like doing those things. So again, with the helpers, it's so easy where I talk to them and I'm like, let's work on getting more hobbies. And they're like, oh, well, my my husband loves going on the boat or my kids love playing board games. And I'm like, well, do you like those things? And they're like, well, not as much as they do. So that's not what I'm talking about. I always have to remind them, this is just for you. So do you like reading like sappy romance novels all night? Like, is that what makes you feel good that your maybe your family doesn't understand? Is it that you want to watch like romantic comedies? Is it that you want to go on walks in nature? Whatever it is for you, I want you to make more time for activities that you enjoy specifically. And then even beyond this, I want you to make sure that you have time in your schedule to be by yourself, be alone. If a big part of your life is being around and serving other people, you need to make sure that you have dedicated time by yourself for your own replenishment, but also because the longer that we spend with other people, the easier it becomes to lose ourselves in the process. We can lose ourselves in other people's stories the longer we spend. This is where it feels really difficult to maybe separate your work from your home, where nurses or healthcare workers, teachers, helpers are bringing home the stress and the stories that they heard at work. They're bringing that into their lives and they're bleeding together. We need a boundary between them and we need a boundary between you and the people you serve. You need to learn how to be by yourself And make sure that that actually happens to replenish your social calendar, your social battery, but also just your mental boundaries so that you learn how to be by yourself so that you aren't 
defining who you are by the people that you serve only. Okay, so how to build yourself up when you are pouring a lot out. There's three keys to keeping your cup as full as possible. Number one is stop pouring out so much. Number two is eliminating things, poking holes in your cup. And then three is learning how to fill your cup back up. I hope that you're able to take tactical things from this episode. If you can, share this with some other helper, another caregiver, another healthcare worker, somebody who's pouring out a lot to the world and serves others. Share this with them so that we can keep them in our lives, so that we can keep them in the roles that make the world a better place. Because if the helpers in our lives learn how to actually help themselves and have a full cup to pour out of, the entire world benefits. So we need to help them do so. So take what you need from this episode, share it with the people who you love, and know that you completely deserve to take care of yourself just as much, if not more, than you take care of the world. Thank you so much for allowing me to take up a little bit of your brain space today. Like seriously, it means the world to me. If you connected with this episode, it would be amazing if you could share it with your friends and tag me at Ashley O Show so that I can personally thank you. That way, we can build an army of badass women who believe in themselves that will take the world by storm. I cannot wait to see what we make possible.